0: This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. In today's episode, I speak with Coach Jordan Budwig. He is the CEO, owner, founder of Five Star Studs. I'm also the run game coordinator, O-line coach for the Western Wildcats down in Broward County, Florida. And it's a really good opportunity to speak to someone that doesn't normally get to talk about what they do and why they do it and some of the thoughts behind that. And I found Coach Bud via Instagram and just the algorithm. You know, my son, he plays offensive line, and so I follow a lot of different line coaches on Instagram. And he popped up one day, and I became a huge fan immediately because of the way he communicates with the the boys and then just his focus and um, ideas around doing the small things correctly over and over, and I knew that would transfer into life. His vision statement is helping mentor, develop young football players to be the best version of themselves on and off the field. So again, I was hooked right then and there. So I won't go into the whole episode because it's filled with really, really good information that I know that you can apply to your life today and add value and be the better version of yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jordan Budwig. What if you were able to collapse time on learning all the valuable success life skills that you've learned over the past 10, 20, 30 years? Well, at Highlight Coaching and Consulting, that's exactly what we do. We focus on coaching teens and young adults the valuable success life skills that we've all had to figure out over decades of our life our mission statement and highlight is it's our mission to equip youth with an undeniable sense of clarity and direction that inspires a lifetime of confidence resilience and continuous improvement we offer in-person and virtual options to our one-on-one private coaching as well as group coaching And after working with a coach from Highlight, our clients have a better understanding of their mission, their vision, their values for their life, and a higher proficiency in the skills of time, task, and distraction management, just to name a few. So the other thing that's great about Highlight is we have multiple coaches that you and your young person can choose from because a connection is so important. And building trust is where it all begins. So if you're looking to help your teen and your young adult get further in life a lot faster, reach out to Highlight Coaching and Consulting today. The information is in the show notes below. Well, I can't even remember where I first came across some of your stuff on Instagram, but like I've told you, my son, he's uh, 15 uh, sophomore season plays tackle. And, um, so my feed just gets filled with stuff. So somehow I came across yeah. your stuff.
1: Well, that's, that's good news for me. Cause that, that's the objective, right? Trying to trying to come across as many people as we can and, uh, and spread the word.
0: Yeah. And then I was excited. It was like, he followed me. Cause I mean, you've got a lot of followers and I know that you see people pop in and pop out and there's bots and all that stuff. So I was thankful that you followed me.
1: Well, yeah, I, I uh, I know the numbers are starting to get big now. Um, so I've been doing this. I started in August of 2020. So right, right in the middle of COVID, um, not the best time to start a small business, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Um, so we, we have implemented some new marketing strategies recently. Um, and my wife is my partner in this deal and, uh, she handles the social media and the website and building out the infrastructure in the back end is, is really her niche. So, um, we, we kind of started really dedicating ourselves, um, you know, my background is marketing. So we wanted to, to push as much as we can and um, actually doing a social media project with my kids at my school right now. So I started it a month before them just so, you know, I don't like being a hypocrite, right? And if I'm, if I'm telling them to do things, I'm not doing myself, you know, we have a big problem. So, um, you know, it's been growing. We're extremely blessed to have it growing and I'm glad you found us along the way, man. It's, that's the objective of social media, right? More connection, more relationships and See how we can work together.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if you weren't so far, we would do a a weekend trip and come down and and see you. And my son would work out with you. But we'll see. My wife went to Cooper City. So when I told her you coached at Western, she's like, oh, that's my rival. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: played baseball in Cooper City growing up a little bit for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, man, right next door neighbor, small
0: world. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, cool, everybody. This is Jordan Budwig. And uh, I came across him on Instagram, just like what we had just shared He's five star studs. He's the CEO, run game coordinator at Western, offensive line coach. And it's been really cool to see your personality come through and hear how you work with the kids. And, you know, I I I work with young people as well. And just being able to pour in these these kids, it there's just nothing better, in my opinion. No
1: doubt. No doubt. So about the kids. Yeah.
0: You you've listened to the show, so you know what's next. We're gonna play Would You Rather. OK, <laughs> so I'm ready for it. Would you rather freeze time or go back in time?
1: I'd rather freeze time. I think everything happens for a reason. So that, that's in God's hands, not mine.
0: OK. Would you rather live without music or TV? Oh, that's a hard one. You know what? I
1: I got a morning routine that includes a playlist, but I am a, a guilty pleasure for a good TV show, man. So that... Uh, <laughs> That is a difficult one. I probably have to put a, put away the music and, and just listen to podcasts for the rest of my
0: life, I guess. OK, so you're you you would live without like music or TV. So the television or I would I would put podcasts in the music realm.
1: OK, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stay with the, the music and the podcast and I'll get rid of TV. It's true. Okay. Everything's going streaming anyway, so I can watch it on my phone. I'll be all right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, some people like, well, if you look at the big thing is you can listen to music on TV. It's like, whatever, this is your show. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. What are some of the shows that you like to listen to podcast-wise? Um, so I, I am a big Barstow sports fan.
1: Um, I've been following them since I got in college. Uh, by following them, I got into Pat McAfee, uh, pardon my take. So I have a, like a sports niche. I like to keep it light like they do with a little bit of comedy edge to it. Um and then I do mostly business podcasts. So the PBD podcast with uh, Patrick Bed David is is one that I pay attention to a lot for business wise. Gary V um is kind of my marketing guy. I kind of have I kind of have influences in each niche that I want to be in. Um kind of goes back to my childhood upbringing, but um so I kind of have a faith leader that's Steve Harvey, that I kind of you know get some of his godly word from, and he's obviously an incredible entrepreneur. Get my marketing and business kind of stuff from Gary V. Get my real estate information from uh, Grant Cardone. Uh, and then PBDs like business and politics. So kind of follow a guy in every every niche.
0: Oh, that's good. Have you listened to any Bedros Koulian stuff? I have not. So he's good. I've just recently, I've been familiar with him for a long time. He started, um, oh, I can't believe I can't remember it right now. Um, Fit Body Boot Camp. So he okay. was the CEO that started that and had um, a lot of success with that. But he talks through success and failures, but then he gives you some of the formulas for business. So it's been real helpful because it's it's very top line and basic, but very helpful along the way. So I would recommend checking him out.
1: Okay, I definitely will. I love finding new people on there.
0: Okay, so would you rather play in high school or in college? College, for sure. I mean, the mem- the
1: memories of high school are like almost nostalgic because, you know, compared to the world we operate in now, I feel so old, you know, compared to the world where I didn't have a cell phone until, you know, high school. Now you see like six-year-olds with them. So the world's changed a lot. It feels like a long time ago. But, yeah, I'd rather play in college. I, I love the bright lights, man. There's no- there's nothing better than 100,000 screaming fans, you know, with you on the field and in-, in the spotlight, so.
0: I'll ride up to college. What was the biggest game that you played in, like with attendance-wise?
1: Uh, probably one of two. Uh, we played uh, at Miami uh, my senior year. Um, to, to be honest, the, the biggest crowd would have been at Louisville my freshman year. Um, that was with Teddy Bridgewater and Devontae Parker, and uh, they laid it on us pretty good, 72 to nothing. Uh, but I did get a start as my freshman in a big-time game. Big-time game. Uh, sorry, are my dogs. No, that's okay. Um, but that stadium almost feels like it's coming on top of you uh, when, when you're on the field. So it, it was it was an awesome experience. But...
0: Yeah, and he's had some really cool – Teddy Bridgewater recently. Yeah. He's been in the news where he's been talking about he's just retiring. He's done. And he's going to coach high school football now.
1: Yeah, man, he's, uh, he's going to come to the Northwestern. So I know down here we're really excited for that. And uh, it's kind of an energy brewing about it. Um, he did it for a little while while he was with the Dolphins, just kind of an assistant capacity. So I'm excited to see what he brings uh, to the industry. You know, it's it's changing very quickly with NIL and um, you know the transfer portal. So it's interesting to see the level high school football is going to get to in South Florida with uh, with better coaches coming in.
0: Not like it needs to get any better and any more competitive than it is already. Listen,
1: you'd be shocked, man. You'd be shocked at, at you know the 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 things that happen down here, just from, from an organization perspective, a coaching perspective um, you know, we don't pay our coaches in Florida, man. I make a, you know, a a very small stipend Uh, you know, it it is not anything you can really bank on. I mean, it's, it's $2,000 a year, right? So you're making a quarter an hour, maybe if you're lucky. So you definitely do it for other reasons than monetary reasons, but um, it's hard to attract quality talent, man it really is uh, to the industry. It's something that I, you know, didn't plan on doing, right. I have a business background, so I definitely didn't go to college to become a coach. Um, but it's, you know, something my life experience kind of took me towards um, where, you know, if I didn't have the the grown men in my life uh, when I was at my lowest, you know, I don't, I don't know where I'd be today. Um, so I, I do feel like it's a calling. Um, but, you know, as a businessman, you know, if your calling is that important, that doesn't mean you can't get paid for it. Right. And especially with the level we do it here in South Florida, you look at, you know, other States like California, Georgia, Texas, and you know, you're able to make a living just coaching. Right. And you know, it's, it's hard to have those conversations with your family. It's like, yeah, we're doing this at a really high level we're you know, competing with the rest of the country, but you know, can't feed my family off of this stuff.
0: Yeah. It's it. Florida's challenging it's got a lot of upsides but it does have some of those and you're seeing coaches leave left and right definitely in central florida leaving big programs that they've built up because they have to get paid
1: no doubt man it's a shame and you know we're, we're seeing the the thriving of a lot of the schools you see are our private schools or you know there's typically one really good team coming out of miami-dade um public schools but you know, I was interested to learn as, as a public school coach in Broward County this year, only five public schools in the history of Broward County football have won state championships. You know, the rest have been private schools. So uh, like American Heritage, Chaminade, St. Thomas, those guys, you know, have dominated on on the biggest stages. And it's, it's, it's difficult for public schools to keep up, man, just from a res- resource perspective from, you know, I, being at St. Thomas, you got 30 assistant coaches, right? And every position has multiple coaches. And it is like a college atmosphere and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to recreate that environment in a public school environment with, with the lack of,
0: you know, funding and and dedication to it. Yep. Okay. So the last one, would you rather have pizza or tacos? Pizza all day. (laughs) What kind,
1: what are your Uh, toppings? uh, I'm going pepperoni and sausage or pepperoni meatball. And then uh, more places are starting to do the stuffed crust, which is a game changer. So I'm glad, uh, Whatever patent ran out for pizza that everybody's starting to get along with.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the good thing about pizza is you really can't mess it up. That's true. And I mean, I've had some that's way better than others, but like, <laughs> I love a frozen tombstone pizza. There's something oh. nostalgic about that. Just throw it in there and eat it and go to town. It's a college meal right there. <laughs> yes. And see, and I grew up like tombstone, I'm 50. So tombstone was like the high end frozen pizza ah, okay. i grew up on the totino's party pizza it was like 99 oh. cents it's like a cracker with oh yeah so i don't think it's really cheese but it's something shredded white on top of it but, <laughs> and then i would get creative i would rip up um like deli ham and cheddar cheese and put that all on top of it and i'd load it up you gotta do
1: what you gotta do when you're in college <laughs> man find yes. a way
0: yeah um. Okay, awesome. Well, Jordan, what I want to, because I know that our networks don't really cross that much. So the people that you're going to bring to the show, I want them to know what Pathways to Greatness is all about. And um, I started the show because I want people to see that everybody has a different definition of greatness. There's a lot of similarities. And the other part is, and you alluded to this a second ago, so we'll get into this later, is nobody's pathways linear? There's ups and downs, twists and turns, and it's how you navigate that on your path to greatness is going to determine what you're able to do. And then ultimately, I want people to hear stories like yours and the wisdom that you have to share so they just don't quit. I don't want people to quit because so many people are right there yep. and they quit. And so they never know how close they really were because then they stop and, and go a different direction. So, with all that being said, what would you say is your definition of greatness?
1: Uh, my definition of greatness, all right, I'll go off the cuff. Um, I would just say it's a it's a commitment and dedication to to your core values and what your calling is, um, and trying your best to give your greatest effort despite the circumstances on a daily basis. I don't know if that was a, um, that was a probably a run on sentence, but we got there.
0: I'm not going to grade you <laughs> by no means. Once the we're out of will, school, but. grades don't care. After school. <laughs> Wait a minute. My kids, I, I don't want them to hear that, but, um, but yeah, no. And I, I really like that around the commitment and dedication to your core values. So I'm a big believer in knowing your core values. And for me, the majority of the mistakes that I've made in my life, some big, some small have been because they are not aligned to my values. I'm not living what I, how I know that I should. Um, so help people understand a little bit more of how can they even know what their core values are?
1: Well, I think you have, I think you have to put some thought into it, you know, for sure. And I think, um, you know, I grew up in the Catholic church, um, you know, I don't know how religious we want to get here, but I had my path with God, right? And kind of the logic side of me took over for a long, long time. And um, that path is radically different for everybody. Right. And um, the thing that I think you need to focus on is that you cannot judge yourself, right? The, the judgment of oneself is a crippling effect, right? And Um, I think it takes a support system around you, man, a group of people around you that can lift you up, you know, even when you don't realize you need it, Uh, especially in sports. There's so many of of these great young men, you know, and and when you're that age, you're just, you're so determined, right. And and you feel like you can carry everything. Um, and ultimately, man, I think life in one way or another kind of shows you, you can't do it all by yourself. And you need that support system of people around you um, to, to carry you through the hard times.
0: And that's so well said. And I, I hope people hear that. And if you anybody's listened to any of the other episodes, one common thing that most people say is you can't do it alone. It's all about the people that you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with deadbeats that are lazy, that don't have the same core values that you want to have, you're going to end up deadbeat and lazy. No doubt around people that pull you along the way. It's like why you listen to the podcast you listen to. You need people to push you and stretch you and teach you. And I'm a big believer is if you ever find yourself as the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room.
1: Yeah, I think I think it has to be a dedicated effort, right? You know, you have to make a list. You have to really ask yourself, you know, what, what kind of man do you want to be? Right. It's it's something I was lucky enough to hear you know, I had some great coaches growing up in Roger Harriet uh, University School that was at St. Thomas now in Butch Davis. And, you know, they they preach so much about being a great man and being a great father one day, you know, and that being the focus of their job and, and less X's and O's. And you have to sit down with yourself and, and really figure out who you want to be, right? And I think a lot of today's mental health issues and depression, um, and I see it with so many young kids today, you know, I, I was shocked to see how few of those kids could tell me what their passion was right? And, and what gets them excited. Um, it, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult process, but it, it takes diligence and it takes reaching out to other people. And it, it, I find myself upset, especially with the youth today, that we have more ability for connection than ever. And for some reason, such a lack of connection on a human level and, and a real level where we're collaborating and sharing and working together. And I think that sense of a village, right? It taking a village and, and leaning on something bigger than yourself um, for me has brought me a ton of happiness, right. And, and not trying to find those just within myself, but, but what I can do for the rest of the world.
0: So how, and I want to get back to learning more about how your mentors helped you doing what you do, being around young people, as much as you are, what are some of the things that, that you're trying to teach and Show them the importance of that connection, or I would like to even hear your thought process of around why you think that that's happening because they they don't have conversations with each other, they don't know how to network in a positive no. way. Well, I think I think
1: when we're on social media, you know, these are the first generation of kids to grow up with technology for their entire lives, right? we, the rest of us all got it at some point along the way. And, you know, I got it midway through high school. So that was a unique transition, but I was definitely at a position where I was opinionated and, and could kind of disseminate for myself what is fact and what's not, and where my arguments and opinions lied. Right. You know, these, these kids are being exposed to so much so early. And I think if a lot of us look back at our lives, and asked ourselves where we'd be if every single thing we did was videotaped you know we'd be in a much different place right and and so these kids almost have to be on all the time um and it i think it almost creates a superficial persona that that they don't feel that they can share their real selves with the outside world and it's also because they you know i don't know about you but especially being in locker rooms and and part of the school system I was in you know bullying was kind of part of it right and you needed to sort that out and how to work with other people and you know even people that you didn't like or agree with or maybe bullied you how to survive and and continue to to work together and, and find happiness in yourself I think we've eliminated a lot of those barriers which you know in theory is a good thing but I think we're we're creating a generation of kids who aren't held accountable To ultimate success right and participation trophies in sports I think whoever came up with that idea is uh you know I'm sure it was great intentions but it's probably a pissed off parent um who overreacted and we overreacted as a result of it um I do want to put some accountability on the parents I know I'm young but you know you'd be shocked at what I have to deal with my wife is an elementary school teacher just got out of that industry and the story she would come home with, man, like, you know, nobody really wants to have hard conversations with their kids anymore. Um, I don't really understand that from the way I grew up. It was a very intense household and was held to an extremely high standard. But, you know, I think part of me that gives me the ability to connect with the kids now is, you you know, I know you wanted to get back to the struggles I've been through, but I lost my dad while I was in college. Right. And losing my best friend, my hero, my mentor, you know, it showed me how difficult it is for these kids who are growing up in households without two parents in the home. And and it's not easy. Like I was grown and I still battled for years. Right. And, you know, I, I see these kids, man, who are 14, 15, 16, having to, you know, be a head earner in their household. And, you know, having to work until 10 o'clock at night and then, you know, coming to school exhausted or, you know, just not having any infrastructure at home. You know, you look at the statistics. I I don't like to argue with numbers. They're not trending in the right direction when it comes to having two parents that genuinely care about their kid, right? And I know how difficult that is as an adult. So when I see that in a kid, That's what pisses me off more than anything is is an adult who doesn't have that patience for a kid who doesn't understand that they're in a hurricane in their head, right? Like, I think the biggest differentiating factor, man, is when home is your peace or home is your hell, right? Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. kids who go home to hell, bro. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know how you expect a, a kid who... Has never been through anything without any guidance, without anyone holding them accountable to all of a sudden respond to you, right? And respond to your coaching or your teaching. You're going to seem crazy to them. They've never seen it in their lives. They've never had it modeled for them. You know, I grew up with having, we talked about core values, with having that implemented into me from a very early age, right? You know, honesty is what's most important. You tell the truth no matter how bad it, the result's going to be for yourself, right? Those things pounded into me from an early age. Kids don't have that. So they think you're tripping. They, they, who is this dude trying to, to, to tell me that I'm not good enough or when they've been praised so much? You see it, especially in South Florida, man. They go crazy about these, you, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids. It's like, this kid hasn't even in puberty yet. I know I kind of went on a long rant about a, a simpler question, but.
0: Um, there's, it's a complicated, it's a complicated area for sure. It is. And it's important. I'm glad that you brought it up because, you know, you use the extreme example, but how many kids, and we'll just use the term are in a normal household, but still don't receive the, the warmth, the guidance, the core values. And that's where this is an important message for the listeners that if you're a parent, You have to do what Coach Bud just shared around implementing values. If you don't even know the values of your family unit, how can you expect your child to now represent your family in a way that you would be grateful and that they would be a good adult one day? Because it starts with a firm foundation. It starts with understanding. That's why people like yourself have such a strong and massive impact on these young people if you just get the time to be around them. And that's what you hope for because at first they look at you like you have two heads and they think that you don't love them. In reality, you're talking to them that way because you do love them. You want them to, to see more and do more. Absolutely. But my, my job gets so
1: much harder when the parent's not on your side, man. Like Mm -hmm. I, I can deal, I can deal with kids all day. I can deal with disgruntled children and I know how to handle that and work through that process, but, you know, dealing with an adult who doesn't want to even have a conversation about what happened, you know, and is just cussing you out because their son is upset. You know, I don't know how to proceed from that point. Right. I don't, it, at that point, I'm just going to talk to the kid. Right. If I can work with the kid. Great. If not, that that's unfortunate. Right. You can't, you can't save everybody, but I'm never going to give up on a kid while I'm with them. Right. That, that's, that's one of my core values. And I hate to see coaches give up on kids way too quickly and not try to understand their circumstances. But when a kid's in my building, when a kid's in my presence, they're going to have everything I got until they're not. And, you know, you didn't ask this question, but being a part of me and my program, and it's, it's a two way street. And I expressed this to my kids, man, you know, I need them as much as they need me, right. If, if they're not producing, if they're not getting better, if they're not accepting the investment, they're throwing away their parents' money, right? And there are a ton of parents who are trying to get their kids out and they're not able to reach those kids. You know, I, I think there's positive and negative peer pressure. And, and when they're constantly online and they're constantly around their friends and, you know, I don't know social med- social media just makes it seem easy. It's not easy, <laughs> it's never gonna be easy. And these kids' ability to keep pushing when they don't see the immediate results You know, that's where you need the parent. That's where you need the adult who who knows that this is going to pay off, that you're doing this for the right reasons and not just riding the emotional wave, you know, that that you're going to get. Practice with me is very hard. Your body's going to hurt. Right. Like if if you're running away from that for for days or weeks at a time, you're never going to harden your body to get to a point where you don't get sore. So you can't understand that as a kid. Right. It's, It's very difficult to understand that. You need the adult to step in and and be able to help clarify that and get the kid back on page until they do buy into the process. But, you know, buy-in takes time. It's it's very hard to get buy-in immediately. And parents, parents not working with coaches. I'm not saying every coach is perfect. I don't want to come off like a parent basher, but it does help the situation so much. Even, you know, dealing with a super emotional kid, if I can sit down and have a, a rational conversation with the parent, at least articulate where I'm coming from. And we're both, hitting that kid with the same message. Now we have a much greater chance.
0: Yeah. So if you, if you hear what, what coach is talking about is everybody's pathway does start somewhere and you have to look back, look at within yourself to figure out where were those moments, those teachable moments that you may have avoided because you were either scared or you just, Usually it all comes from fear. It's either fear yep. of what you're having to face, fear that it's going to be hard. I grew up a quitter. If anything got hard, I quit. And it was until I was an adult before I could actually admit that. Like I would have excuses and talk about all these different things. And so I will never know what I could have been
1: yeah, if that's I would have just
0: part, it, it stuck it out. There's no regret. It's now just admission of- okay. It's part of what it was. I would love to have known what I could have done. Physically, I could have probably, I don't know if I would have played at the D1 level, but I could have played in college, but I had circumstances, but I quit before I even would find out um, what would be next. So we have something in common. My dad uh, passed away my senior year in high school. Okay. So I completely get what you're saying. Yeah, no, you definitely You got to grow up. You got to grow up quick right away um you know and it's a challenge and that's where when you look at young people's pathway realize the importance that you play in them and i say you meaning you me the people that are listening is that you can help you can be that person that they need to create that that sinew type muscle that hardened muscle and you talked about it when in talking about process Is we're talking about, and you coach football, you take football out and every lesson that you're teaching them when they're an adult, they now know how to work hard. They know how to push through when things are difficult. They know how to have a goal that they have to work really hard towards. And those are all valuable lessons that we have to make sure they understand. It's not just about football or volleyball or band or whatever that they're working hard in. It's learning and falling in love with the process.
1: A thousand percent, you know, and I, and I think you see the the differentiating factors in in kids nowadays. At least I do. If you're not in high level arts, debate, or a sport, and you're just going home at two thirty, three o'clock when you get out of school, you're not getting much value throughout your day. You're not you're not getting pushed or trained or challenged to do much of anything, right? I'm in the public school system. Trust me. It's not uh, a super challenging thing to pass. We're just trying, we're trying to get these kids to show up every day. Like that's the, that's the hardest challenge currently.
0: Um, So. Yeah, I agree. And that's where and even the adults that are listening, find something that's difficult to do. Like when you're done with work, go find CrossFit, go find rollerblading, go find like learn a language but pick up painting, do something that's difficult because the, to me, comfort is a trap and it's, it's the devil's playground. When you're, when you're not busy, then that's when you get in trouble. And I, I'm a firm believer. I heard this. I don't know where I heard it from, but when the devil can't make you sin, he'll just make you busy or he'll create a distraction that keeps you off of where you need to be. And Absolutely. so the more we can have something that's focused, so we learn how to do hard things will benefit from those as well.
1: No, I couldn't agree with you more. It's something that I've become accustomed to, you know, leaving sports is not easy. You know, I've been on the same schedule since I started playing competitive travel, baseball, eight, nine years old, traveling, the, you know, the state and the country. Um, I've never had weeks off at a time, right? I've never not had objectives that included multiple things, school, sports, relationships, all day, every day. And when you're operating at that level and then all of a sudden it shuts off, that's an extremely hard challenge to go through. And I, you know, I know my background's football, but just talking real life, you know, you're 1000% right. But also, comfort is a human instinct, right? Survival is a human instinct. So, Understanding that it it is natural, don't judge yourself for it, but you have to avoid what's natural. And it's, it's hilarious because I tell my kids all that all the time in O-line technique, because what we do is so unnatural. You have to fight those urges that are just instinct, right? And almost recreate your instinct, but that can be done. I don't think a lot of people understand that because they haven't been dedicated to something long enough to see this, to see that that act that dedication transitions you as a person right challenging yourself ultimately changes you and then it's just like working out once you once you see the result you it's it's like a drug you can't stop
0: well it's like marriage is when you're dedicated till death to us part it's not yeah. gonna be easy no doubt. how long have you been married uh, almost two years now okay so i just hit 17 <laughs> And it's one of those things that it does change you. I I just, I hope people again heard what you said because I wrote it down. You have to dedicate yourself to something long enough to where you see the benefits and when you see the change in yourself. And you do, you do change. Like I'm not the same man that I was when I got married, thankfully. I'm not the same man, husband, father that I was five years ago, thankfully it's growth. And I really, I, I, I like that a lot. I have not heard anybody say that in that way of dedicating yourself to something long enough. And that's where I feel like so many people, including me in my past, I never did that.
1: It's, it's patience, man. It's a virtue for a reason. It's really hard to do. And I think just like marriage, right? You're, you're, if you're up on that altar thinking about, if this could end, how it could go sideways, you'd run away. Cause you're, you're not ready. Right. And you know, the divorce rates going up for a reason because people, people are uncomfortable with lifelong commitments that they have to change for. You're going to have to change because you made that commitment to another person. You know, your wife is going to change. I'm going to change. We're going to, we're going to become parents, you know, if, if God blesses with that hopefully soon. And uh, you know, that's going to change us. To think you're going to be the same person, you know, look back two years ago. Are you the same person you were five years ago, 10 years Heck ago? No. You laugh at who you used to be. So, you know, as Steve Harvey says you can connect the dots looking back. You just can't connect them looking forward. I feel so many people, they they almost diminish their upside. Like, dude, you're so capable of changing everything so quickly. But it just starts – that seems so big to people. You just start with one thing. Like there's a reason the Marine Corps starts with just making your bed in the morning and making sure your shoes are signed right? It starts with a simple task. Mm-hmm. And if you can repeat that simple task and turn that into commitment, and then once that becomes easy, and once that become habit, you're naturally going to look for more. Right. So it's just getting yourself on that path. And that path is not easy to stay on. Like, look, I've I've been in retirement for a couple of years. I'm not happy with, with my weight and my health situation, but I know I have the capacity to change that and I'll, I'll do it quickly. It just takes a, it's it's just a decision, right? Some decisions are harder than others, but at the end of the day, you're you're deciding. You got to decide over and over and over again. That that's the hard part. But, you know, Kobe Bryant, well, you, you can't compromise with yourself, right? You wake up in the morning, you make a commitment. There is no compromise in your brain. And and you're going to immediately get that. That's human instinct because comfort is human instinct. Your body's going to want to stay stagnant and stay comfortable. You have to snap yourself out of that over and over again until it just becomes natural.
0: And that goes back to what you said at the very beginning is your core values of knowing your core values and having them in a way that, A, that you see them. I'm a firm believer. You have to write them down and you have to look at them. And I'm a big believer. I wrote a mission statement. And I read it multiple times a day, every day, until it became just who I am and how I show up. And so that. if you knew me and I read it to you, you would not be surprised with what it said and how I live. Because so many people have values and have a mission statement if they do. But if you read it, they're like, that's not yours, is it? Yeah, <laughs> You are not exactly. showed up that way. And you talked about, Dedication. You talked about self-control, and I, I love how God works in this. I, so I saved this from uh, just the other day, this verse, and it's uh, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 6. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue, knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. That I'll verse aligns with everything you just shared with people about yep. dedication, about self-control, about making decisions and I shared a a post today actually um, a, around this or that. just a simple strategy if you're going towards a goal, do you need to be doing this or do you need to be doing that? And it was yep. just that simple because I'm trying to I'm trying to get my my nutrition right. And so I ask myself, should I be eating this or that? And usually it's that that I'm supposed to be eating. So it helps me hold myself accountable. And I feel, and again, you said this at the beginning, a lot of people just don't know how to hold themselves accountable to something that they know they should do because they don't even know because they haven't committed to knowing what they need to do and what their vision and mission is for their life. No doubt. No doubt. And uh it's hard to like where do you start that process i'm sure you have some listeners
1: like okay you're giving all this great advice like where do you start find somebody find somebody that you look up to is like hey i like how he moves i like you know this how you know him being a father i like him being he don't have to be he's not gonna be perfect no but none of us are right but what traits do you like in that individual that you want to model yourself after right and and just attach yourself and and like you said earlier you know, the, the people that you're surrounded by are going to be who you turn into, right? Quality people are not going to allow you to stay around them if you're the wrong type of person, if you're not acting accordingly, right? So you either adapt or you get kicked out of those rooms, the higher you climb up the ladder. But I think you have to be diligent to it, right? You you mentioned strategies and how you're trying to improve every day. It's because we're looking for them, right? And, you know, I, I we're doing a social media project in my class and I tell my kids, like, You can either control the algorithm or you can be a slave to it because Mm -hmm. that that device is made to keep you on there and your vices keep you entertained. Right. So if you're not actively plugging into your algorithm, motivational things, tricks of the trade, business, learning, it's going to feed you the worst side of you. Right. If you're not telling it, I want to see the good. So, so many people, they don't have those little tricks and, you know, I've I've been through some therapy in my life, and learning about how the brain works, right? And how you know humans have been around for a long time, and how they operate is not this ununderstood thing. Like there is a lot of understanding on how we operate as humans, and how the brain works, and how you can almost trick yourself, right? Like famous line from my strength coach, Coach Smith is "fake it till you make it," man. Like you gotta you gotta figure it out, right? So you fake it till you make it long enough eventually you, you stop faking. It's just who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. But when you talked about earlier where you had some influential people come into your life, what were some of the the key things that you learned from them that you needed them to teach you? I, I needed, I needed them to, to
1: call me out on my, on my BS. Right. I, I, I've always been, a uh, even when I was a kid, right, you know, intellectual. I knew how to play the game, right? And I knew how to have conversations with people. And when I got in trouble, get myself out of it. And, you know, (laughs) I was able to have this persona that everything was okay and everything was totally fine. And I was the happy-go-lucky team captain, homecoming king, whatever. But, you know, my home life was not one that was – Awesome. You know, my father was an alcoholic and and a lot of those days were, you know, bad. Right. And I was lucky enough that I had sports to, to take me out of that environment. Right. And I had great men around me that uh, in coach Aaron and coach Luke in high school who helped carry me through that. Right. But that, that was just the beginning Mm -hmm. of what I thought was hard. Right getting back to the point we made early by not being able to do it yourself. Like I thought I could handle all those emotions going through college, but when I got to my freshman year training camp, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life for, for a month straight, you know, and it pushed me to my, to my brink where I couldn't carry those emotions anymore. I, I wasn't strong enough anymore. Right. And, and God has a way of, of breaking you down to a point where you, un- he, he lets you understand that you're not strong enough, <laughs> not by yourself. Right. And I I do believe God works through people um, and through relationships. And I was blessed enough. Um, you know, the only reason I got to play for Butch Davis at FIU is because I got hurt two years in a row. I would have I would have graduated and never played for the greatest coach I've ever been affiliated with. And my mentor now, um, you know, when when I lost my father in college, I lost my father. I tore my labrum in my shoulder at the same time. All right. So I lose football. I lose my father. I'm in a tailspin. All right. I'm doing things that are not typical of me. Right. Partying too much, testing the rules, challenging things. And um, it kind of got to a point where coach Mogridge was my line coach. We came in um, and he's basically like, look, man, you, you need to just put your head down and work and get back to who you're supposed to be. You know, I, I went back and watched your two years of film. Like, I was an all conference player my first two years. I had I'd proven some things, and then I didn't play for two years straight. Right. So, they were a new coaching staff. They had no idea who I was. They, they didn't need to be loyal to me. You know, I failed the drug test going into my senior year. They could have kicked me off the team. Right. They, they didn't have to have any loyalty to me. Um, but we, I kind of talked about honesty being one of my core values. Right. Yeah. When that did happen, you know, I, I immediately went right to Coach Davis's office and told him, you know, <laughs> the drug test was a week after the anniversary of my dad passing away, so pretty bad timing. Um, but I told him why. I told him what happened, I was going to fail it, and he respected that I told him the truth. And I dealt with those repercussions, um, but I also listened to my line coach and put my head down and got to work uh, and didn't worry about the result and just worried about my daily attention to doing what I needed to do. And when I finally picked my head up was, you know, our first game that I was supposed to be suspended for was at UCF to open college football on Friday night. After coming back of two years of non-injury, I was gonna miss that game. I was heartbroken, right? Worst decision I ever made. Can't believe it. And, you know, I was I was committed to my teammates and I understood that I never asked another question after you know, two months went by. Nobody ever talked to me about it again. And Tuesday practice, Coach Davis gets up there and he's naming team captains for the game. Jordan Budwig. What? It's like, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and, you know, having conversations after that, that, you know, they were men of their word. And what they what they said to me was real. And that if I, if I was a man of my word and I, I just focused on work and being – who I was supposed to be and being open and honest with them and you know that they would reward me for that and and that was almost the beginning of my challenges as well I almost quit before my senior year cuz I was going to be a sixth year senior right all my friends are leaving I came back and was an all conference guy my junior year you know it was the winningest season we had up to that point and I'm like look is it my time to go you know and um they didn't let me quit right And calling back is like you know these other guys are walking away you're not right like <laughs> you're you're meant to be here we need you and it didn't take very long to convince me cuz i'd you know i was making a mistake and i knew it but i still made that phone call right and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for men that knew better that knew i was being emotional and making the wrong decision and saw a little bit of themselves in me like dude i don't I don't have any idea where I would be without those guys. And you know, I I still am very close with with Coach Davis uh, and Coach Mogridge. and his son Drew Davis is coaching down here at St. Thomas University. So I, I love going going over there and being able to to be a part of his coaching tree now, right? And um, he actually gave me the job, the opportunity to to start coaching at FIU right after I graduated, um, which is you know typically not something that happens. I was actually sitting in coaches' meetings as a as a six year senior. Just because I knowing myself, if I left the building, I was going to not be doing something productive. Um, so the longer I could stay there and be around those great men, the, the better I was going to be. Um, I didn't sit in the big ones with like the whole staff, but like, you know, offensive coaches when they're just eating lunch and watching film and talking, like, they trusted me to do that. And like I said, I keep saying it over and over again, but you know, I, I can't project what I would be doing we definitely wouldn't be having this conversation if if I didn't have those guys in my life so that's why I do what I do now
0: there there's so much gold in that coach and I I hope you heard it I can tell I could see your face that you felt it is and I hope everybody else heard it it comes around back to what you shared earlier decisions you made a decision and you're man enough to live with it but then you made another decision. You made a decision to not let the first decision haunt you or define you. And that's what people need to hear is you made the decision to let people help you. And so many people won't because of pride and ego. When these guys made a decision, it's like, no, we're not letting you quit. That's not going to happen. And so how many times do we as friends or acquaintances, let our friends quit, let people quit too quickly without having a good, honest, no, you're making a mistake. I mean, I can't tell you that I've said that on a regular basis when I've known people are going to make a mistake. And it's like, well, oh, well. And I sit there and I'm like, what kind of friend is that? That's a terrible friend to be. You know, I I need to be the one that challenges my friends and encourages them because I want to see them do better because I know that they can do better. Well,
1: I'm a thousand percent with you, right? You're a pusher and so am I, but sometimes those people are difficult to be around for sure. Not a lot of people love being challenged all the time. um, Which is something I had to get used to understanding at least. And you know, that personality trait is awesome, but, you know, definitely in my life too, right? God God will show you when you need to know, right? And I think the most important part is, as, a, as a coach now is understanding that kids are gonna screw up because they're kids and they're gonna make these bad choices no matter how many times I tell them, it doesn't matter. They're going to screw it up and sometimes they're gonna have to figure it out for themselves. Once they do, you can't be like, haha ha, I told you so, right? Being able to understand, like, yeah, that at least I tried to tell you, it is what it is. Here's how we deal with it. And unfortunately, I might have some experience in this category, right? And, you know, you got to learn from this lesson, right? Because if you learn from your own mistakes and not from other people's mistakes, you're constantly going to be in a bad situation, right? And I challenge my guys. So even when they slip up, they're going to. It's It's going to happen. How do we learn from it? How do we adapt from it? How do we make sure we don't make similar mistakes down the road that put us in this same situation again? Because you only, ha- you only have so many strikes and, you know, it's God trying to get your attention as far as I'm concerned. And if it doesn't get your attention, he's going to hit a little harder. And if it doesn't still doesn't get your attention, it's going to hit a little harder, right? They call it rock bottom for a reason. So um, I think we all kind of see those signs and do we do ah, yeah. I'll change the way I am for like two, three days, then I'll fall back into the the old ways, right? It it is human instinct. We have to constantly be adapting and learning. And, And when you're not, you're stagnant. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, right? It's the old cliche, but it's true. It is true.
0: Yeah, and a valuable lesson that you shared that I encourage everybody else is to listen because a listen is way easier than a smack across the face. And that sometimes we, like you said, rock bottom, we have to hit there. I'm trying to listen before I hit and get punched in the face, but sometimes it still happens. No doubt. No (laughs) doubt. It is.
1: (laughs) Faith is not an easy, not an easy road. It's not supposed to be right. And it's almost like, it's almost like right now everything's going so good. I don't know about you, but it's like to take the next step, there's always a bigger challenge. It's like, what is that I know it's coming, right? You look at a guy like Deion Sanders. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that one of the best athletes in the history of the planet had to almost lose a leg before he gets the biggest opportunity of his life on the biggest stage in terms of impacting others, right? Like God almost has to make sure you're ready for everything he has for you coming up. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's that pain that a lot of people don't, like to deal with. And, and they run from that pain when that pain is preparation. And I think that even that concept, people that aren't in sports, arts, whatever, they don't understand that concept. And that's, that's, that's if you are that adult that that has never put yourself in that circumstance, you, you have to find a way to do it because your, your life, your mindset, you will, it will completely change.
0: And and I feel, and I'm interested your thoughts is, People need to put themselves in more physical challenges because we all go through mental, emotional challenges. I'm not putting apart from that puzzles, all those different things, but a physical challenge, like you said, your freshman workouts were so hard. It strips every bit of who you thought you were away. You're so tired that you're, you just cry because you just physically can't do anything else And I don't think enough people now, like we talked about comfort, everybody's, they're just getting soft and more people need to put themselves in challenging situations. If it's walk a 5k, if it's walk the neighborhood, if it's climb the stairs versus taking the elevator. And I say, you got to push yourself even further and keep pushing yourself in a safe way but to find that point where you're just in absolute exhaustion and there's some pride to take from when you've done that and like, Holy smokes, I just lasted in that 20 minute class or did that Peloton or whatever it may be. Yeah, The physical challenges aren't being utilized enough to teach people how to go through the process and do hard things.
1: I would a thousand percent agree with you. Um, because I don't think most people really understand how incredible the human body is and what they're capable of. Right. And, you know, yes, you physically have to do that. But I think when you are, when you're physically exhausted, right. That, that subconscious, to conscious barrier, that thing goes away because it's just, when you're pushing yourself to your limits, it's you and you, right. You have your own thoughts in your brain. And I think, I think most people take those thoughts into their brain and be like, oh, this is me telling myself something like, no, it's your body's natural reaction, right? We, We all, our ancestors were worried about survival, right? These instincts are embedded in us at our genetic code for a reason. So we don't die. But in a day where, you know, like we live in now where survival is not the biggest problem in our lives, it's not really most people's concern. Your body's still wired that way. Right. And if if you're not challenging yourself physically, you're not having those conversations with yourself in your head. Telling your own self to shut up, ignore everything that you're saying to me and keep going. Right. When you when you prove to yourself that your body can overcome what your brain doesn't think it can and you finally learn that, like you never lose that. Right. And that that's almost the, the most powerful tool in your tool belt. It, it breeds a sense of confidence that you're capable of anything because you can push your body to places that people just can't because they've never done it.
0: And each time you push yourself, you go a little bit more the next time. So it's just like yeah. you said, that just that 1% better and that improvement because your floor changes. So once you push yourself for 10 minutes, the next time you could probably go 12 Next time you might be able to go 17, next thing you know, is you're doing stuff for an hour that you never thought you were capable of. And you said this earlier, be excited when you look back and see your progress and celebrate the progress. I don't think enough people, when they set a goal, that they also set a celebration because you should celebrate what you've accomplished. Cause if it's just like a, Oh, well I got there. Well, whoopie doo. I mean, what, because you're going to have I'm another challenge, but celebrate, have fun.
1: No, you have to, you have to. And, um, you know, if winning gets to a point where it becomes routine, I mean, you're, you probably pretty elite at what you do, but I mean, when you, when you study the best and we, you know, I love that your, your shows about greatness, right. I've, I've been obsessed with greatness since I was a kid and, just understanding what makes the best of the best tick, you know, you talk to a 38 a year old Tom Brady and he's still talking about where he got drafted. Like he's still fueling himself to a point where he can, he knows he's got to get his mind, his emotions, his body to a place where he can be at his best. Right. And a lot of people might seem like, Oh, that's fake. Like, no, that's him understanding himself to a point where he knows how to push his own buttons because he put he's pushed his body and his brain to places where there are no more secrets he knows exactly where the limits are right and his job is to keep pushing those further and further away and that's why he's the best he's the best to ever do it because mentally better you 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 mentioned you were a quitter growing up and i I think that's a, a feeling everybody has right when i even even me you know, I, I, I look back on my career, like you said, no regret. Can't have those. But, you know, is there a thought when looking at guys who did go to the NFL, you know, and and when I'm like, man, you're going to stay here another two hours? We just worked out for three hours. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just here. Right? When when you look at dudes like John U. Smith, who's with the Falcons now, like like that guy was unbelievable. You know, we came into FIU together and, you know, there's always that hint, like if I was that much more dedicated, if I did give a few more hours, if I didn't, you know, get injured or fall into those circumstances, or what if you just, you can't play that game. It's a dangerous game. You have to be happy with where you were and learn the lessons, you know, that that time was supposed to teach you for yourself moving forward and hopefully for others, right? So that you can help the people that are still figuring that out, how to move through that process, right? You learn that lesson for a reason. Don't waste it.
0: I could not say it any better than that. So, Coach, I want to be very respectful of your time. So what are some parting remarks that you'd like to give the audience around greatness?
1: If you want to achieve your greatness, it starts with living one day at a time. Don't look too far forward. You you can't control it. And I don't know where your listeners stand, but I know you've talked a lot about God. Faith is important. You know, faith that things will turn out good, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, even though it seems so dark. Don't judge yourself. Please don't judge yourself. Every road is different. Just because you're not great at 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, you know, there's story after story of people changing their lives late in their life and and living out their dream. It's never too late. There's no excuse. Stop looking for, stop accepting people around you that indulge in your excuses. Mm. Get those people away from you. They don't have your best interest. Surround yourself with people who are constantly challenging you and challenging themselves. You know, that that's the advice I would give the average listener, man is, Don't judge yourself. Get after it every single day and keep doing your best. And understand you're going to fail. You're going to slip. You're going to fall. You're not going to be perfect. The only one that was perfect was Jesus, and he's gone. It's not going to be you. So lose that expectation.
0: That'll preach. I'm telling you right there. All right. Get it. (laughs) That is awesome. So, coach, how can people find you on social and on the web and all that fun stuff?
1: Uh, So, we're fivestarstuds.org. Uh, that's our website. That'll connect you with everything. Uh, on Instagram, that's our main page. It's five underscore star underscore studs. Um, I think five star studs.org, probably the best way for everyone to find us easily. Um, all of the social media, everything um, will be on that website. Um, that's the best way to, to follow us as we go along this journey, man.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to have everything in the show notes. I'll get anything that you want the the listeners to be able to go to. If they go to show notes, most people don't, but that'll be there. You'll have active links that you can go right to coach's webpage, follow him. It's a lot of fun to to watch and see how you're working with young people. I have an affinity for the big guys. So um, I go. like it. My son appreciates it. He's like, he puts out good stuff. So you have well, the approval of here, a 15 year old. Hey, I'm here to serve, man. It's all about the youth. They're, they're yep. always
1: honest, right? They keep it real with
0: you. Yep. Well, awesome. Hang tight one second, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan Budwig. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.